This episode is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. TrueLearn is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. Each TrueLearn practice question has detailed answer explanations and concise bottom lines for customizable studying. TrueLearn also has amazing USMLE smart banks, as well as subscriptions for shelf or comat exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes I have for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution for excelling on exams. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and this is First Line. Here to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. This week's episode is about my internal medicine rotation. I am in my third year of medical school, and during your third and fourth years is when you start working in a hospital or a clinic, really a different place every month, and you do rotations. So you rotate through different specialties and different types of healthcare facilities and get to learn about all of them. And especially in third year, it's important because by... The time you start fourth year, you start applying to residency programs, which is the training that you get after you graduate medical school and you have your DO or your MD degree, but you are not a fully licensed doctor. You still have to do additional training at least three years. Most of them are three to five years. And so this past month, I am actually currently speaking after finishing my first week of internal medicine and I'm going to be speaking on kind of my first impression of it and then I will record again reflecting on the whole month. So just finished my first week. It was seven days on and then seven days off. So I worked seven days in a row. So it was a Monday through Sunday which felt very weird because my Sunday felt like it was a Friday. Monday, which is when I'm recording today, it feels like a Saturday, which is really, really strange to me. And it also kind of felt like a long week because it was a seven-day work week, which I have never had. All of the jobs I've worked before medical school have been like Monday through Friday, or I would work in like a customer service part-time job that would be three to four shifts a week and might include the weekends, might not but this was very different. But now I get to enjoy seven days off. So today's Monday and I'll be off until Sunday. So I have the the full week and the weekend and then I start back up next Monday. And this reflects my preceptor schedule. So he works 12 hour shifts, seven in a row, and then he has seven days off. So he's also off this week as well. And to be honest, I don't know if this is really the schedule that I like. I don't know if it works for me. I felt like by the 6th and 7th day, I was a little bit tired, even though I wasn't working a full 12-hour shift by any means. It still felt like the week was kind of dragging on. 
But maybe I'll have a different thing to say after having seven days off straight because that seems like something that could be quite enjoyable, especially as an attending doctor. Now, as a student, I'm just using that as study time, and just having straight study time isn't nearly as exciting or helpful as actually being in the hospital and working with patients and learning a lot, but it is good to kind of take some time to self-study and to focus on things that I need to learn about in order to do well on my exam at the end of the month, which is the internal medicine COMAT. Because I'm a DO student, we take COMATs. MD students take shelf exams, which are basically the same thing. You might be wondering what internal medicine is. I really didn't know what internal medicine was until I started medical school and saw it as an option as a specialty. A good way to think of it is that it is a hospitalist. And people that are specialized in internal medicine can do other things. They can work in primary care, they can work in like a doctor's office, a clinic, and kind of do the same thing as family medicine physicians do. However, they are only taught adult medicine, so they only treat adults, so they don't treat kids, and they don't treat pregnant women or obstetric patients. They don't deliver babies either. So they they really only want to see patients that are 18 and older and non-pregnant. But most of them work as a hospitalist. So this really means it's the doctor that takes care of you while you're in the hospital. When patients are admitted to the hospital and they get a hospital bed, they are kind of divvied out between the hospitalists that are on shift that day. So your patient load is just whoever's in the hospital when you show up for your work. So that's how you're able to do seven days on, seven days off because your patients are just going to be whoever is in the hospital that day. Let's say someone was admitted over the weekend, so if they were admitted on Saturday. Well, my preceptor would have taken care of him on Saturday and Sunday, and now today when he has a day off, another hospitalist picks up that patient. And so this really relies on having really good doctor notes in our electronic medical record so that that handoff is efficient and really doesn't make us lose any time with the patient. So hospitalists are kind of in charge of a patient's care when they're in the hospital. So usually, for the most part, people present to the emergency room and then they get admitted. So the emergency medicine doc will assess the patient, for the most part, make the diagnosis or at least start the process of making the diagnosis, and then decides whether to admit them. So once they are admitted, the hospitalist is in charge of care. For the most part, patients will need to see additional doctors, additional specialists. So if someone comes in with a heart attack, then cardiology is going to be involved. A hospitalist is separate from that. The hospitalist is who is calling the cardiologists if the emergency med docs didn't involve them already. And a hospitalist might continue assessing a patient and maybe notice that they have some neurological deficits, and then they might consult with neurology. Or they can choose to just handle it themselves and try to treat it if it's in that domain. And you can kind of see the similarities 
between this and family medicine docs because family medicine docs in the outpatient setting are kind of doing the same thing. They are, for the most part, taking care of all of a patient's care, whatever their diagnosis is, and then if they hit a roadblock or they need additional help, then that's why you refer. So referral in the outpatient setting in the clinic or the doctor's office setting is pretty much the same as getting a consultation in the hospital setting by the hospitalist. To make it a little bit more confusing, family medicine docs can also be hospitalists. Additionally, internal medicine is kind of your gateway to other specialties. So to match into a cardiology residency, you need to complete an internal medicine residency first. So this is how you get super long residency programs where you have to do three-year-long internal medicine residency and then apply again to a cardiology residency, which is three or four years more. So that's where you get the longer residencies around like six or seven years. And other specialties that you can go into after internal medicine include gastroenterology, rheumatology, infectious disease, endocrinology, pulmonology, hematology, oncology. So I was informed that there was some interest in kind of knowing the specifics about the day-to-day of being a third-year student, and I will go over what that looks like in particular with this rotation. So on Monday morning, I wake up at 5.30, And I make myself some coffee. I have some breakfast while I do my flashcards. And I use Anki, which is a free app that a lot of medical students are very much familiar with. And that's just to review concepts that I have already learned. It's kind of like a smart flashcard deck in that it will remember if I'm getting them wrong time and time again. And then it will show it to me every day. Or if I keep getting it right. It's called space repetition. It will wait longer and longer between showing me the card, especially if I get it correct a few times in a row. I have some cards that won't show up until a year later because I would get it every time it was shown to me and I would only see it weekly and then monthly and now it's basically up to yearly. So I do that and then around 6.45, I usually start driving, and the hospital is about 15 minutes away, so sometimes I stop for another cup of coffee on my way, but I usually get to the hospital around 7, 7.15, and the time that I'm supposed to be there is actually 7.30, but I like to have some added minutes in between in case I encounter traffic or need to stop for gas or if I need to, like, warm up my car in the morning because it's really cold. So I provide some of a time cushion, and then I get there around 7, 7.15. And most days I would know what patients I would see that day already because on my first day I was given two patients, and the next day I would see the same two patients unless someone was discharged and then I would be given a new patient. 
So I would come in, and if I needed a new patient, my preceptor would often swing around early in the morning, around 7.30, to give us the name of our new patient and what room they're in. So then I log into the electronic medical record, also known as EMR, and I would look up the patient's name or their ID number, but usually the name's faster. If they're a new patient, I would do a lot more. I would make sure I look at what the emergency room stated about the patient and why they were coming in and why they were admitted. I would look at any imaging that was done if they needed a chest x-ray or an MRI or anything like that. I would look at their vital signs, especially if their vital signs are changing over time. I would look at if any labs were done, such as a complete blood count to look for things like anemia or an elevated white blood count, which could indicate infection, as well as a basic metabolic panel that looks at your electrolytes. And then maybe they looked at kidney function, liver function, things like that. Maybe they ordered a blood culture to look for a specific bacteria in the body. So I would look at all of that and For each patient, I would say a minimum 15 minutes to look through all of that. I would look at other doctor's notes. Maybe they already had a specialist come and see them, and they have a note about the patient. I would try to think of questions I would want to ask the patient in particular. For the most part, I'm doing a pretty similar physical exam, but a lot of times I can narrow it down to whatever their complaint is. For example, I always listen to heart and lungs for every patient, but if a patient comes in with chest pain, I'm going to have a little bit more of a detailed cardiopulmonary exam, and more goes into that than just listening to the heart and lungs. In addition, when a patient is having neurological deficits, I would do a more in-depth neuro exam on them. And a lot of times when I look at their history and physical from a prior doctor looking at them, a lot of times I have additional questions and a lot of times I'll actually repeat the same questions to make sure that nothing has changed. So I think through all of this and then if I have a patient that is a repeat patient, I saw them the day before already, I will especially look to see if anything is new since I saw them last. So if I see them every morning, I'll look at yesterday afternoon or anything really early this morning. You'll be surprised how much goes on in late evenings in the hospital, especially taking note of their vitals and if any labs were done, if any imaging was done, if any specialist came to see them. And I, in particular, when I talk to the patient, I ask if anything has changed since I saw them last. And a lot of times patients will tell you they feel a lot better or something's getting worse. They can just intuitively tell you that. So after that initial review of everyone's chart, it's around 8 o'clock to 8.30 that I start to go see my patients. And they can be anywhere in the hospital. We kind of have this home base, this uh, medical library where the other students and I kind of hang out as we're doing our chart reviews and preparing for patients. And then when we want to see our patients, we we leave and we go to whatever room is listed in the EMR. 
and usually this takes an hour tops to do. Most patients will take about 15 minutes. Complicated patients might take a little bit closer to a half hour. New patients especially probably closer to a half hour. And this is different from being outpatient where you really are on the time crunch of 15 minutes because we are usually given that uh, we do morning rounds. Um, usually we meet at 10 or 10.30. So coming in at 7.30, I'm quite confident that I can do my chart review and spend a half hour with each patient if I need to and still be able to write up my note and be ready for rounds. So I always make sure that I ask enough questions and I examine enough on the patient and address any concerns they have and answer questions they have too. And then by the time I leave each patient, I return to the medical library and I write up a note. I usually write up like two different notes that have kind of the same information. I write up one note for the EMR to actually submit and it's a student note so it's unofficial but the preceptor will be looking at it to make sure that I'm doing a good job practicing writing a note and then give me any kind of pointers for improving that. And then my other note is a little bit more of a bullet point list and maybe less thorough and a little bit more concise and directed, which is for the oral presentation. So typically, whether we do table rounds or walking rounds, the preceptor will expect everyone to go around and present on our patient. For this, it's not really smart to read directly from your written note because that's a lot longer than what is expected with an oral presentation being a little bit more succinct. And usually oral presentations are limited to five minutes. Usually a, a good progress note oral presentation is going to be a lot less than five minutes, but a new patient might be closer to five minutes. So when we do table rounds, that basically just means we stay in the medical library and we kind of just go around the table and present on our patients just around us. We also do walking rounds occasionally, so we kind of switch it up each day. When we do walking rounds, when we meet at 10 o'clock, we start walking to a patient's room. And then whoever has that patient, when we stand outside that room, will present on the patient, and then we go in together and see the patient together. And usually our preceptor will take charge of that situation and will just follow up and make sure that what was presented in the oral presentation was adequate. And our preceptor might ask additional questions or perform additional elements of the physical exam. And all of us are shadowing then we would just go to the next patient's room and rinse and repeat. So once that's done, that usually takes us to about 12 o'clock lunchtime. Because walking rounds, you have that added element of going in and seeing the patient. And that takes a little bit longer. But when we do table rounds, we usually more in depth talk about what we can do for the patient, our assessment and plan aspect. So it usually takes two hours depending on whether we start at 10 or 10.30. A lot of times we do get done early around 11.30. And so after that, we're usually released for lunch for about 45 minutes to an hour. And then we regroup around 12.45 or one. And in the afternoon, have a little bit, almost like a didactic session where our preceptor will 
teach us a topic, but more so review a topic for us and kind of talk about more of the clinical application aspects of things that we may have learned in second year of medical school. And often our preceptor will assign a topic to one of the students and give them a heads up the day before. And then that student will then the next day present on a topic and kind of do the same thing, kind of teach through it and do some review and some clinical application. And usually all of these topics are chosen based off of the patients that we see in the hospital. So even if it's someone else's patient, you're still reviewing that. So when we talk about that patient, you have a little bit more to offer because we reviewed that topic. And if it is your patient, then you that much more are confident when recommending a certain plan in care. So that's usually how the day goes. That takes us into the afternoon until we're dismissed. And then in the evening, since I'm giving you the whole schedule in the evenings, is study time. I do at least 25 practice questions a day, which doesn't sound like a lot probably, but the bulk of my studying is actually reviewing the questions that I do. And that's where it can get very time-consuming, but that's where a lot of the time comes from is reviewing those. And then doing additional reading, if necessary, on different topics that I continue to miss questions on. And then I'll always finish my Anki cards if I haven't finished them in the morning. Additionally, at least on my school, I can speak on this. In addition to our responsibilities of being in the clinic or the hospital every day, we also have to complete assignments based off of what rotation we're going through. So in internal medicine, for example, I just had an oral presentation this afternoon that was in front of the course director for internal medicine. So I was expected to really have a thorough yet concise case that was five minutes long on one of the patients that I saw last week. And it's a little bit more of a formal thing than just presenting in front of my preceptor. So that was one of the assignments that we had that I would work on in the evenings. Another assignment is we're expected to write up a full history and physical on a patient as well as assessment and plan and submit that. And that's also kind of the same thing, a parallel to the oral presentation is that this one is supposed to be very much in-depth and comprehensive on a patient that we've seen in clinic. Additionally, we have modules that we need to complete that have associated quizzes with them that are open book, but the big bulk of the time commitment is in reading through modules that we have. My school uses Aquifer for this, and it kind of just teaches you through a certain patient presentation. They take around a half hour to an hour to complete each one, and it's kind of interactive. It will, will ask you questions as it goes along, but most of it is for a learning experience. So that's really what rotations kind of look like. For the most part, my other rotations were kind of the same idea, but those were more of a Monday through Friday when I was doing outpatient. And then the weekends are to kind of catch up on doing practice questions or doing a few more modules and then also just taking time to relax. I'll just add in that 
to my daily schedule that I do always make time for exercise and for reading the Bible because those are my non-negotiables. And so I always make time, and it's usually in the evening, once I feel like I've gotten enough done that I can enjoy these activities without thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so behind on all my work. It is hard that sometimes even in the evenings, I will just think to myself, oh, I didn't get enough questions done today as I'd like to, but I'm still going to choose to take some time away to do these things that are really important. And I also always have dinner with my husband, which is really important too. Even if I have late days, I always make sure that I'm communicating through text and making sure that he knows when I'm coming home and when we can have dinner together. Sometimes he has stuff going on and sometimes we have to do earlier dinners than than we originally planned, but we always make sure that we can have it together and share some quality time together after our busy days. So I hope that was a useful overview. I usually don't like talking about myself like that, but I guess some of you were interested in hearing about that, and if you thought it was helpful or informative, uh, let me know because I, I could do more of it if that's something that is needed. I mean, I do kind of get it because I love going on Instagram and seeing, like, the daily lives of residents because, like, that's going to be me someday and kind of looking up to them and, like, seeing what it's like is super interesting to me. I'm currently in my last week of my internal medicine rotation, the second one. So now I have done two full months of internal medicine. And it has been a very different experience from a lot of my other rotations that have been outpatient. So for this one, again, I was in the hospital working with patients, staying overnight in the hospital, essentially. And these patients are sicker and have more complex past medical history, and even their presenting illness can be a little bit more complex. They often will come to the emergency room and come to the hospital. A lot of patients will be referred from going to urgent care when urgent care really says that they should go to the emergency room. So patients are sicker. I personally haven't had a patient die on me yet, but my fellow med students definitely have encountered that. So it's just a little bit of a different vibe. And I honestly enjoyed it, though I can't really see myself as a career being a hospitalist. I did get to have a little bit more insight in what it's like to have that role of being in charge of a patient's care while they're in the hospital, as well as the interplay between getting specialists to consult and to also see the patient. I can definitely say that it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. I think as we go through our lives, we kind of associate the hospital with experiences that are usually not positive experiences. Like if we had a loved one who was sick and staying in the hospital, so it's interesting to now be on the other side of it and I'm the one talking to the patient and the patient's family. The first month of my rotation, 
the hospital's policy was to allow family members to come visit, but my second month was different because COVID was so much more prevalent in the town that I'm working in that they changed the policy to not allow visitors, which I completely understand why they would have that policy because safety is always a priority, especially with hospital patients, many of whom are immunocompromised or have underlying lung disease or are otherwise high risk for complications due to COVID. But it is really sad to see very sick patients that want nothing more than to have their family close by but having to settle for just a phone call and not to see them in person. So it was interesting to see the difference between last month and this month with that. Additionally, it was interesting because in December, my preceptor was a DO, and in January, my preceptor was an MD. So I was able to learn from two different types of doctors and compare and contrast, even though there's only two of them, there are two individuals who don't represent all MDs or all DOs, but it was interesting to see if there were similarities and differences, and most of the time it was a lot of similarities. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm on Instagram at First Line Podcast. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash firstlinepodcast. You can reach out for any questions, comments, suggestions, feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.